0: You are listening to the podcast of Richland Hills Baptist Church. We are located in Richland Hills, Texas. Our desire here is to believe, live, and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. As you're listening to our podcast today, if you have any questions, you can find us on the web at richlandhillsbc.com. God bless you. Amen. I believe that's one of the best newer songs that I have heard heard and seen, as you think about those words, Christ be magnified. And it goes into a question that I want to ask you. Why are you here? I don't mean here, as in Richland Hills Baptist Church. Why are we here at all on this earth, this place? Why do we exist? Now that's a question that has been asked from the beginning, really, I believe. Philosophers, theologians, people have asked this question. Why, why do we exist? Why are we here? Why are there people? And, and sure enough, there's been many different answers to that. And we'll get into some of that in a little bit. But I believe at the very basic Sinner, I believe with the Westminster Catechism, that man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. We are here, we exist to give God glory, to magnify. Oh Christ, be magnified. We exist to glorify God. You might say, okay, pastor, that's good. We got the answer. Let's go home and eat lunch. I won't let you off the hook that easy. Because while that is our purpose, we exist to bring God glory, and we do, there are other purposes, and I think a sort of derivative purpose that flows out of that that gives us a specific mission now. And I want us to see and consider that, because that's always puzzled me. If we exist to glorify God, and we do, and we magnify Him and praise Him, then how come when we accept Jesus, when we trust Jesus, how come we don't just immediately get beamed up to heaven? Because it's there we'll be able to glorify God perfectly, right? Right? Like no sin in us will be perfectly aligned with Him. Why don't we just go to heaven when we believe in Jesus? See, that's where I think that our earthly mission comes in. That while we have a purpose to glorify God, He has a specific mission and earthly purpose for us. There's going to be several verses I'm going to read. One is going to be... Many of them you would know by heart. We're going to start at Matthew 28, 19 through 20, that you would know as the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then flip over to Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of Of the earth. And then one last verse. Go to Romans chapter 10, 14 through uh, 14 and 15. How then would they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Father, may you lead us this morning. Lord, may it be your words that are heard. May you show us our mission and purpose in this life. In Jesus' name, amen. You see there, especially in the Great Commission, you see what we're called to do the again our mission and the reason why that's so important is because you've probably heard this said there's did you know there's one thing there's probably more than one but there's one thing that you can't do in heaven do you know what that is evangelism there is no evangelism in heaven There's no need for evangelism in heaven. And what do I mean by that? Evangelism is spreading the good news of Jesus. In heaven, you won't do that, will you? Because the people that are in heaven are believers. And so our purpose that we have, this mission that we have, cannot be fulfilled in heaven. The Great Commission cannot be fulfilled in heaven. In heaven, because again, the people that are there are believers. So that means the Great Commission can only be fulfilled in one place. That's why we're here. That's why we don't get immediately beamed up into heaven when we believe. Because if that were to happen, then we wouldn't be able to fulfill what God's called us to. And so, God has left us here, again, to glorify God. And what do you think brings God the most glory? When other people trust in Jesus. You see, when we spread the message of Jesus, and when we go around and we share Jesus to our friend, and we share the hope of Jesus to our relative, and they believe in Jesus, isn't it? God glorified in that? Yes. And then when that person believes and then they share with someone else, and you see the gospel spread, God is glorified. Is God glorified when we hide the message of Jesus in our hearts? No, he's not. And so God receives glory when we fulfill this earthly mission that he's given us. God is glorified in that. And we show that through love, acts of love, and we show that through our words. And so, God has given us a purpose here on this earth. Now, you might say, how does this fit into worldviews? Last several weeks, this again, this is a part of a series of messages about worldviews. About what we believe. So, I want us, if we have that graphic, we'll see if we put that up there. So, remember, we've talked about several things that are basic for a Christian worldview how we see the world. We, creation, both the creator, so we believe in God as the creator of all things. Then, we also believe that God created people god created individuals you and i are made in the image of god we believe these things and that gives us purpose in this life it helps us to see that we're not cosmic accidents you're here on purpose then we see the fall sin all the evil that we see in this world all the terrible horrible awful things come from the fall We are sinful people, you and I, all of us. And so that worldview helps us to understand where does evil come from. Evil's real, but it comes from people. Yes, we know that there is is an enemy, Satan, but guess what? The evil that we do, we can't just say the devil made me do it. People do it. We make choices to do wrong things. And so that worldview helps us to see that that's where sin came from. And then we see redemption. That we believe that Jesus Christ came into this world, stepped into humanity, died on a cross for my sin and your sin. And that if we believe in Him, we'll have eternal life. And that worldview helps us Again, to see the, the cure for sin. There's hope. We can have hope. And then today we see our mission. You see, why this is important, how this fits into a worldview, is that we aren't here for just no reason. You have a purpose for being here. You don't live in Richland Hills by accident. You have a purpose for living in Richland Hills. You might say, well, yeah, I know the purpose. I moved here for a job or with my family. No, no, no. God has a greater purpose than what you think was your purpose. You see, you're here in this place. You live in the house that you live in for a purpose. You might say, well, that was just the house I could get. No, God has a purpose. See, I want you to see that everything in our life that we live and do, guess what? Your job, whatever your job is, get, there's a purpose in that. And I believe all that is wrapped up in our mission. So think about your house where you live. Your neighbors. You have an opportunity, don't you? Now imagine if Instead of you living at that house, a non-Christian lived at that house. Then what happens to the light of the gospel? It's extinguished in that house, right? And so by you living there and being a Christian, imagine a light is there. And so God has put you there to be a light to your neighbors as a purpose. And that's all wrapped up into the Great Commission. So we have lives of purpose. The reason that you are still breathing on this earth is because God still has a purpose for you. God still has a mission for you. I don't care if you are a small child or if you are 99. God has a mission for you. Now... We can always talk about You say, well, pastor, I can't do the same things I used to. Well, nobody's asking you to do that. We're only asking you to do what God's called you to do today. And your mission will never change, but your particulars will change. So we think about our mission. But as we consider these passages that we read in Scripture, I want us to think about our mission and see several things. One, our mission is a command. He says you need to do this. So what that means is that, as Joseph said earlier, our mission is not just for some people. God didn't command only pastors to go and talk about Jesus. In fact, you might be shocked when I say this, Sometimes I think it's other people other than pastors that have a greater opportunity to share Jesus. You might say, well, wait a second, Pastor. I mean, you preach every Sunday and you lead Bible studies. Yes, but the majority of people I preach to are who? Christians. The people that I'm around a lot of times are Christians. Yes, I have opportunities to be out and about, and I take those. But the reality is, it's actually you. People that are doing things, different things than I do. You have opportunities. In fact, you have more opportunities in some cases than I do. And so it can't be only the pastors that have to spread the gospel, because it wouldn't be spread. Yes, we preach and we proclaim. But again, God's puts you in different places. God's puts you in unique places. It's not just the missionaries. You know why I know that? Because there's not enough missionaries out there. If it was only the missionaries' job to spread the gospel, it wouldn't get spread because there could never be enough missionaries. Except, you're missionaries. And I'm mission, a missionary. And so it's the job of all people. It's a command. I want you to see that. It's a command in Scripture. Go. Or as you you could actually translate that as you are going, as you're out, as you're doing this. Proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we do, it's a command. So again, you're here, your life, your purpose, your location, your job, your interest, all wrapped up into this command. I mean, God's actually made it easy for us. He says, okay, yes, I want you to go and spread the gospel, but guess what? He puts us in places to do that. He gives you interest. Let me ask you a question. Do you have some sort of hobby or interest? Some of you do. Does that hobby or interest put you around non-Christians? Most likely, yes. Does your job put you around non-Christians? Most likely, yes. You see, God's He said, listen, here's your job, and I'm going to make it real easy for you. I'm going to put you with people that don't believe. And God's done that, and he says, now do it. It's a command. Your life, that's part of our purpose, is that we follow the command of Jesus Christ. But not only is it a command, God has called us to people. Did you see in Romans? How will they call on him? How are they to believe in him? How are they to hear? Seems like he's speaking about people. You might say, well, of course. Pastor, the gospel is about people. But sometimes when we think about the nations, we forget the individuals. God has called us. God has given us a purpose that is wrapped around people, individual souls. Your friend, your individual friend that does not know Jesus, their soul is in peril. If they don't know Jesus Christ, they will spend eternity in a place called hell, separated from Him. You are called to an individual. Sometimes evangelism is scary. Sharing our faith is scary. But when we remember, God's called us to people. He's called us to love people. To love individuals. To care for them. To love them. You see, that's why God's put us around people. You might say, well, I don't like people very much. Well, guess what? God's called you to people. And I know that's hard sometimes. But that's part of our mission. Our mission is to reach people. And then not only has God called us to a people, He's called us to all types of people. He's called us to the nations. you see that? Go into all, everywhere. Go into the ends of the earth. So our purpose is for all people. Now, how that wraps around worldviews is this. There can be no place for racism in the gospel. There can be no place for this sort of ethnocentrism, which is what I, my ethnicity is the right ethnicity. There's no place for that in the gospel, is there? God said, listen, you're actually going to go to all people, to all places, to all nations. The gospel is not a, or Christianity is not a Western religion. It is not a white man's religion. Now, historically, that's obvious because it didn't begin in America. But from a theological perspective, we are called to go to all people. So the reason I put this in here is because if there's ever any sort of belief system or group that is... Inherently racist, or doesn't want to share the gospel with certain people, or doesn't believe that certain people are worthy for it, that is from Satan, not from God. The gospel's for all people. There's no room for racism in the gospel. And so we're called to go, we're called to share with people, we're called to share with all people. That's your mission. Now, as I said earlier, the particulars of your mission will be different. Everybody will have a different job. Whether you think about a mission for the military or some other group, you have a group of people, there's a mission, but then everybody may have a different part of the mission, right? Not all of you. Can pack up and move to Africa to share the gospel, can you? You can support those that do. But guess what? The people in Africa, the missionaries in Africa, can't reach your neighbors, can they? You see how we all have different parts of the mission. And so God has left you here, He's put you here because there's more people to reach. If all the Christians were beamed up, and again, we, we of course, we see in the end times, but if all of a sudden we were all gone, that would make a big difference in people hearing the message of Christ. And so we're here for them. Now, I want us to consider that's our mission. You might say, well, good, that's good. But all this series we've been looking at, if that's our if that's our belief system, there are other worldviews that could creep in that can actually shape how we act as Christians. Sometimes these other worldviews creep in and we begin to believe a lie. Now, one worldview difference for purpose, we may not be tricked as much, but a lot of people have a worldview of atheism or naturalism. There is no God. And if somebody is an honest atheist, they would have to say that there is no real purpose. There's no overarching purpose in this life. And there are honest atheists that would say, you're right, life has no meaning. Now, some will say, well, no, it has meaning by what I give to it. So if I give it meaning, it has meaning. If I give it purpose, I give it purpose. But that's not a real purpose or meaning. That's just what I believe to be. The problem with that is if meaning and purpose comes from the individual, then I can never condemn another purpose person's actions, right? If a person's purpose, they say, Oh, well, my purpose is I'm supposed to cleanse America from all the other ethnicities, and I'm supposed to have a make this a white person's nation. From an atheistic world view, I can't say much. Well, that's your purpose. I don't agree with it. But what do you say? As Christians, we know exactly what we say. That's evil. So you see here, without God, there is no overarching purpose. Life is meaningless. You're just accidents. Like your life has no purpose the truth is though, I think most people don't really believe that to think that your life has no purpose is very depressing but we do have a purpose another worldview would be hedonism pleasure seeking pleasure seeking what I like so some people live their life is always seeking pleasure. I'm going to do what makes me feel good, what I like, what I enjoy. And so their life is made up of, of self in doing whatever makes them happy. Now this is the worldview that can creep into the Christian worldview. Because we are inundated and bombarded with that message, aren't we? Every TV show, it seems, the commercials that we watch, all the advertising, everything is sort of bombarded with, hey, if it makes you feel good, you do that. If you enjoy it, do that. Now, certainly, I believe that enjoyment and pleasure, those things aren't inherently bad. In fact, I believe that Again, as we enjoy the things that God has given us, that, again, we are enjoying God. But our life is not about pleasure. Our purpose is not to seek pleasure for us. Yes, God gives us gifts and we can enjoy them, but that's not our overarching purpose. You see, if that's your overarching purpose, then you are going to... Live a life that is skewed towards yourself and you're going to take people away. How do I know that? Because not all people will make you happy. And so if your life is about pleasure, then you're going to cut out the people in your life that don't make you happy. And is that what Jesus told us to do? No. He told us to love who? Our enemies. And so a life of seeking pleasure can't coexist with a Christian worldview because, again, the hard things we often cut out because they don't bring us pleasure. But God's called us to the hard things. The other worldview, very similar, is, I'd say materialism. Similar to he- hedonism, but more specific. There are many people that live their life to amass wealth, material wealth. I want to get, get, get. I want to get as much as I can get on this earth. I want to get the most money I can, the most toys I can. And I want to accumulate as much stuff. Again, this worldview can creep into Christianity. And we can begin to believe that getting stuff is evidence of God's blessing. Oh man, I, I must be really blessed because I get all this money and this wealth and, and sometimes God may bless you in that way. But that's not your purpose. Your purpose is not to get more stuff. Say, so how do you know that? Because the Apostle Paul tells us that he had learned to be content whether he had very little or very much. But he never questioned why he was here. Paul knew his purpose as you read his letters. It wasn't about stuff. He said, hey, if I have stuff, I'll be content. If I don't have it, I'll be content. Why? Because he knew that God would always provide. Your life is not about materialism. Your life is not about how much stuff you can gain. But that does creep into our belief system. And sometimes Christians, again, we're just, just like the world and we're keeping up with the Joneses, as you know. But that's not our mission. Our mission is to reach people with the gospel. That's why you're here. You're still here for that purpose. And we have to protect ourselves from these other worldviews because then we begin to think that life is about something different. But that's not why you're here. God's left you here to minister to people, to love people, to serve people. And I don't mean just people in the church. I mean everywhere. You're like a little candlelight. Wherever you go, that light goes. That light follows everywhere you go because you are that light. Let me ask you, have you understood that purpose in your life? Do you believe that? Do you consider that where you live, what you do, your hobbies, your job, your people, have you considered that to be a part of your mission? Your family, that's another big mission field, isn't it? Well, pastor, I can't move around too much. I'm not as as, uh, mobile as I used to be. Do you have a telephone? Of course you do. You see, there's no excuses. And that's for me, and that's for you. Are you living according to this mission that God has given us? You might say, well, no, I've struggled. Welcome to the club. Because we all struggle with that, but let's, can we at least honestly struggle? And what I mean by that is, let's not pretend that it's something else. Let's just say, hey, I I struggle with this and I need help. That's why we gather together. Did you know that? We gather to help each other, to encourage one another. So let us live according to the mission, and in doing so, let us glorify God forever. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of the gospel, and the mission that we have to spread the hope of Christ to those around us. Father, I pray this morning for those that are gathered, I pray. God, that you would speak to us, encourage us, strengthen us. Father, if we struggle in some way, may you help. Lord, may you show us that the people around us, Lord, you've put us there for a reason. Our neighbors, our friends, our jobs, whatever it may be, God, remind us that we're called the. Be the light of Christ. Lord, sometimes we we get so wrapped up in the earthly things, protect us from that, Lord. Protect us from materialism, hedonism, sometimes even atheism. God, let us follow you. Let us love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.